I would start with ask yourself who you are and try not to just include things about your family life. Like, who are you? Like, what do you love? And who do you want to be? I had a pastor in college say that actions precede emotions. So actions come first and emotions come next. If you want to feel less frazzled, if you want to feel like you have more to give, Hey ladies, you're listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast, where I interview some of the most amazing women from those sharing knowledge related to labor, breastfeeding, and postpartum issues to everyday moms sharing stories of struggle, triumph, and the unexpected. These women are sure to give you honest conversations to help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, Buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me in this episode of Mom Talks with Krista. Today, I have a very special guest, my soon-to-be sister-in-law, Darla. And she's going to be talking all things self-care for moms. And we're kind of just going to have a little conversation kind of to see see where it takes us because that's what we do best. So welcome, Darla. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Krista, you're the best. I'm so excited. I know this has been like a long time coming. We've talked about it forever. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I just grabbed one of your spots and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. So for anyone that doesn't know, can you just kind of talk a little bit about who you are and just kind of you and then we'll kind of go from there. I always say that I'm a lover and pursuer of many things. So I try to describe myself with like all these things that I love. Like I love to read books. I love to run. I love to bake. And then further down the list, I'm also a wife and I'm also a mom to three kids. And um, I do that intentionally because I like to be a person and I'm a person who's lucky enough to also um, have these people to love on all the time. So I am home. I'm a stay-at-home mom with three kids ages nine down to four. And then my husband and I have been married for 10 years and we still don't know anything. We're just learning. That's it. We just go on adventures and figure stuff out as we go. Awesome. That's a great intro. And I feel like it's, that's too, I don't know. I was just thinking the other day about how when we're kids, we look at adults like, oh, they know everything. Like we have to, you know, look up and it's like, no one's ever been the age they are right now. You know, we're all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, you know? I eat my words a lot. I'll like look back to something I wrote or said years back and I'm like, yeah, okay. I've learned since then. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think the best, what did they say? Like the best mirror is like an old like journal or old post or old something that you did. And you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. Definitely made some growth since then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. Awesome. And we're going to kind of just go with the flow today, but I have some like cool questions. I think will kind of help start a conversation. But so first of all, like, what do you think was the most challenging part for you with becoming a mom biggest, like lesson learned or an thing you would adapt with. Our story to try to make it brief was that my husband and I had known each other for a super short amount of time when we found out we were pregnant with our first. And we just kind of, we did take some time. We consulted with our mentors at the time and we got advice from people we respected and trusted. And then we decided to go ahead and get married and just kind of take a leap of faith together. But we were really thrown into parenthood. 
And so we were, I, we had Lila four months later after our wedding day and it's kind of like ready or not, here she comes, you know, and I think for me, I think what shocked me was how quickly I, I became like, you know, it's going to sound like a pity part, but how quickly I became the least important person, mm-hmm. you know, and even coming down to like little things, like how I started my day was like the first thing I did was like, try to help Lila before I even like would brush my teeth or use the bathroom or drink a sip of water. I would like rush out. Cause you know, with little babies, you don't want them to get too worked up when they first wake up. But that was like, a, I remember the moment I realized like, wow, I just have to learn how to meet my own needs, even though I'm like low on the importance tone of totem pole for a little bit. I used to be like a go, go, go person outside of the house and having Lila really slowed us down where it was like, actually she needs some rhythm here. So let's kind of find some patterns and stay home some days so she can gain her understanding of this entire outside world that she's now a part of. And mm-hmm. that took a lot of adjusting for me. I was just so young, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, it definitely, like, like you said, like you just had to be ready for it. And I think when you're so young too, it's like, you're I mean, and we're still like figuring ourselves out like at our ages now, you know, now we're so old and wise, Krista. We're very old and wise. Exactly. Wise beyond our years. But yeah. And so it's like, especially at a young age too, you're, you're growing up and trying to figure out, okay, where's my place on this earth and like trying to, and then trying to adapt to motherhood. That's gotta be, you know, just a complete change and shift. Mm-hmm. Figure out. Yeah. Pivot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that you inserted that into the episode. (laughs) So this can kind of like connect or tie into your response before, but what is something that you kind of went through that seemed impossible at the time that now you can look back and you're like, man, that was really hard, but I got through it. And I'm so proud that I got through it. I think for me, it really was becoming a mom. Like, I had always wanted to be a mom. So that for me felt comfortable, but I did, I grew up with a, a tumultuous like relationship with my mom and her relationship with motherhood itself was tumultuous. And so specifically having a daughter first and getting kind of thrown into that outside of a timeline I was expecting, I just didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. And it made me very vigilant and it made me a really intense person to be around <laughs> because I was just like white nothing like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to love her and I'm going to give her everything I can. And it took me a really long time to find my feet and find my confidence in just being able to do it at all. To be able to put someone else first felt like an obstacle that I hadn't seen done well. And I was really determined to give it everything I've got. And so coming through that, she's coming up to turning 10. Um, and my boys as well are just growing into really cool people. And I, the, I still have time to totally blow it. And I probably make plenty of mistakes along the way. And I'm not saying that um, I've done it perfectly, but I know that I've given it my absolute all so far. And as a result to continue to do that. And there was a time when I just didn't know if I was going to be able to like break a baton that was handed to me and just change a pattern. 
in my family where I, maybe I would be able to be the one, maybe I could do it. Looking back at those years, Jordan, I look back at pictures. Oh my goodness. When we, they gave us Lila, they let us go home with her from the hospital. We look at these pictures like those were babies. You gave those babies a baby and you let them drive home with a little baby. But being able to stand 10 years later and look back, like they did it. You did it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Cause I think, yeah. in those, in those moments, it's, it's scary. And it's like, like you said, it's like, you just, you yourself were a, a kid still, you know, and you're just trying to like, learn how you're going to make your place in this earth. And they're handing you over a baby and you're like, well, what now kind of thing. And so, yeah, that's, it's an amazing thing to be able to look back and be like, okay, I did everything I could do. And you know, no one's perfect. Everyone kind of figures out what works best for them and their family in that moment. Right. And, um, yeah. And I didn't just run away. I was like, what if I run away? <laughs> you know, like, you just don't know. You think really absurd things in the process when you're expect, like coming up to, um, giving birth. I'm like, what if I just quit? What if I just don't, I, what if I can't do it? But I didn't. I met the bare minimum requirements. Exactly. Yeah. The, the job you can't, you can't quit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. think it's true too. Like what you said about like bringing up like family and what you, what you see in family too. It's like you, I think for all of us, we see stuff in our parents that we either want to take or we want to leave. And that's just like each generation kind of has its own thing too. So it's kind of like figuring out like, okay, that worked for me then this doesn't work for me now, or this won't work for my family and um, kind of figuring out, okay, what's my family going to be like? And how do I want my kids to grow up? That kind of thing too. So I know one thing we really want to talk about was self-care. You kind of talk about how, when you first had Lila, or it was kind of like this pivot, I'll use the word again, this pivot in everything where you realize, oh, I'm, I'm the bottom of the totem pole now I'm, I'm last. And a lot of moms get caught up in that where, everything and everyone is before them and they don't give themselves the five minutes to, you know, decompress, to take time for themselves. So what's something you've learned over the years or what's something that you make sure is a priority in your life now to make sure you get that self-care? I think first was, well, like to rewind a little bit, when we met with our mentors, Jordan and I going into like, we had a five-year plan and it was literally part of the plan that it's, it was, we called it optimized Jordan. We need to make it so this kid can finish school and make a dollar because that's our, that was our plan. And so I took on a supporting role, like very intentionally, like this is what the first five years are going to be. And we, and we did that. But I think that what happened next, I think Lila was three months old when I was like, okay, I'm doing a lot of the big crying and feeling very desperate all the time. I need I need help. And I remember carrying that bucket car seat into the YMCA, my local YMCA. I didn't know, but I wouldn't know anyone. We had moved to a new town when we had her. And I walked in and I just remember this woman at the front desk turning to Tanya. I just like kind of looked at her and was like, hi, can you help me? And she like walked around the desk, took Lila in the bucket and gave me a tour of the Y. And she was like, you can shower here. And I was like, how long? She's like, as long as you want. And there was childcare and there were fitness classes that I could take. And I just felt like that was a huge step for me. And that step led to more steps towards like community and finding people who uh, 
could run with me out here, like finding friends and also finding people who are passionate about the same things as me. But then the other side of that is when we look at what self-care even is, it has to be allowed to look different for each person and also different for you, depending on the day. Just because like I love to run, that's self-care for me. Other people, that is not self-care. That is hurting yourself and making you sad inside. (laughs) You know, and so like we have to be allowed to like define that term ourselves. Mm -hmm. And something that really helped me was a podcast about this actually, but I think it was on like sort of awesome. They talked about self-care and they define self-care as something that leaves you feeling self-respect and connection. And so I use that to figure out what in my whole toolbox of self-care is going to leave me feeling self-respect and also connection, connection with myself, community, my family, you know, just who I really am. And then within those two qualifiers, I kind of can go into like physical, emotional, and mental Mm -hmm. care, you know? So sometimes I feel self-respect and connection when I'm taking a bubble bath and reading a book in the bath. You hold it up. You can't get library books wet. Or self-care could be, you know, a really intense workout because I've got to just like let it all out. And so realizing that every time I'm sad, it's not always going to be bubble bath and book. Or every time I'm stressed, it's not always going to be working out, but giving myself freedom to change my mind and change and grow as a person and and also change the kind of tools that I use out of my self-care toolbox, I guess. Mm -hmm. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies, perfect for on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you it's It's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code Mom talks at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M O M T A L K S for 20% off. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because I think so many times we see like self care is bubble baths and doing this. I think it's really important to look inward and be like, well, what makes me like feel cared for and like loved? And how am I treating my, my body and my mind? Cause yeah, like you said, like, for some people, like running and bubble baths sound like a nightmare. <laughs> some people don't like it. So I think we need to evaluate like what feels good for us that day or what we crave or need that day. And there's also room, like sometimes you want self-comfort and that's great. Comfort yourself. It's chocolate bar or whatever you're craving and comfort yourself. Like watch all of a season of a show on Netflix. You can comfort yourself too, as long as you're also doing actual care. For yourself as a person along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now you talk a little bit about community, and I think that's so important too. Like we talk here about how important community is, and that transition and becoming a mom, like you need 
community around you, whether it's in person, your neighborhood, or it's online, just people that are going to be there to kind of support you along in your journey as well. And so that's amazing that you like made that first step and like went into the why and just like not knowing anyone. And and I remember interviewing someone a couple of years back where she said, like, one of the big things for her was finding a gym with a daycare. And she's like, that was my me time. And she's like, I knew they were taken care of in the building I was in. And it gave me that clear space where I could just be me. Yeah. And you like, you're better for them for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember well, for so once the kids like realized we had a tot spot, I think they changed the name since once they like figured out how fun tot spot was like, they were my workout accountability. Cause they're like, it's Wednesday, let's go, you know, and they love it. And you pick them up and they're happier and you're like a better mom for it. So it's not a selfish thing. You actually give those around you a better version of yourself when you take that time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what is something for you that's like a non-negotiable thing that you have to do when it comes to self-care? I like have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot. I know I'm trying to like really pick one. For me, it's a morning routine makes it sound really, really rigid. It's not rigid and I can be flexible within it, but a morning process. So I take a long time to be ready to be me for the day. You know, I, there was a time in my life as a mom where my kids were my alarm clock. And I don't know how you feel about your alarm clock, but I don't have pleasant feelings towards that sound. And then it turns out my kids' voices were the first thing making me not allowed to sleep anymore. And I would like get like, I would start my day with almost like resentment or like feeling like they were already trying to take from me, which isn't true. They're just kids needing things. And that's their job is to need things. But it started my day with just a sour note. And so I trick myself. My my morning routine starts the night before. So I like set the coffee maker up and I put the timer on. So it brews five minutes before my alarm. And I change that depending on like what time I have to wake them up the next day. But it's brewing before the alarm even goes off. So the trick is if I snooze, I miss the coffee. It's just sitting there getting stale. So my alarm goes off. I know there's coffee in a quiet house. And that is such a treat to me. So I, um, I get up. I'm a Christian. I read my Bible every day. That always helps me start my day off in a positive way. That's my also my time to read nonfiction. And so I'll read a kind of book that makes me think about things in a new way or addresses things about my heart that I know need work on or um, just things about my character that I'm trying to work on or learn about or anything. That's my time for that. And then this is like an hour later. (laughs) I uh, no, not an hour later, like half an hour later. And that's when I work out. And over the years, I've had many different things that I've done to work out. I used to rent workout DVDs from the library for free. Mm -hmm. Good move. If you, if you want to try some new ones, you just rent a bunch and then you buy the one, you buy one that you think you really like, or I would, you know, I would, um, get myself to the Y for early morning classes or something like that. Now I ride a Peloton, which you know, <laughs> um, but I set that time aside and that is how I start my day. And it really does set the trajectory for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I know we've talked about this before. But I'm such a big believer in that. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I used to be the same, like I used to be wake up the last minute I had to wake up for work, rushing around. And it just, totally makes it like someone else is running your life. Like you're not really in control of your life. And you're being like yanked around. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so it totally, I feel like it totally helps. Some moms I've talked to, they're like, I don't wake up early or that's your baby's the first thing. So even if you can do five minutes throughout the day or something that's kind of like a breather decompressor. Um, I know it's, you know, it's not easy for everyone, but definitely I am a huge believer in that alone time or just to wake up slowly and just to kind of get into that day, set your intentions for the day. It's very powerful for sure. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes like that I use all the time in regards to self-care and motherhood, anything is don't let perfect be the enemy of good, which is paraphrased from like Voltaire. It's like an old philosopher's quote. Don't let perfect be be the enemy of good. So if you're in a season of motherhood where you've got a little baby and you don't exactly know when they're going to wake up, can you give yourself once that, once your baby is like kind of set for the morning, the diapers change, they've been fed or whatever, then can you do what's the least you can do in that moment to claim part of your day for yourself? Is it, can you do a five minute timer, read a page of something? sit quietly for any amount of time on YouTube. There are tons of like little five minute body weight workouts. Just something. Can you move your body and feel good and, t- and have gratitude for yourself for that day? Like even in a small way, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not the two hours you need or the hour you deserve, if it's not that, can you at least make a step towards that? Mm-hmm. And then also when the alarm goes off in the morning to wake up, and you want to snooze it for 20 more minutes. Like, are you getting rest? Are you better off for snoozing? Mm-hmm. Like, does it make you feel better? And if so, if you're like, no, I really do need those 20 minutes of sleep, tack them on the night before. Like, unplug 20 minutes earlier, go to bed 20 minutes earlier. If sleep, you know, sleep is so important. Definitely get that. You don't have to choose time for yourself in the morning or sleep. You can, you really can try your best, especially when, you know, I remember when, you know, my kids would be up all hours of the night, I would write down, I would wake up and write down in my journal, their sleep. There's something about like, when you're in that stage, you have to tell someone how little sleep you got. And so I told myself in my journal, I would write down, I, would, I literally have journals just being like, oh my goodness, this time, this time, this time, and this time, I only have this many hours of sleep. And then I would let it go. That was last night. I'm not going to let that like give me fatigue all day. It happened. It's done. Now I'm awake. Now it's today. Here we go. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember hearing once in a like personal development book about setting your tensions at night. And it's like, if you feel like you're going to bed late or you had a busy day where like normally you'd be like, oh, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. They're saying like, right before you go to bed, say tomorrow's going to be awesome. It's a new day. I got lots of energy and just kind of setting that intention because it really does. Like if you're like, go to bed and you're like, oh, I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to mm-hmm. suck. And you kind of wake up already thinking like, well, I, it is what it is. Like I'm going to be tired today. I'm going to be dragging. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh, I think that yeah. you're right. Yeah. Mindset definitely, definitely helps with that and intention for moms kind of like listening that I think that are in a tight spot, you know, they're listening to this and they're like, I would love to give myself, you know, self-care or figure out a way to take care of myself better. What tips do you have? I think I would start with asking yourself a lot of questions. I would start with ask yourself who you are and try not to just include things about your family life. Like, who are you? Like, what do you love? And who do you want to be? I had a pastor in college say that actions precede emotions. So actions come first and emotions come next. If you want to feel less frazzled, if you want to feel like you have more to give, 
what kind of actions are going to get you to that point? And you can ask yourself, when was the last time I felt? When was the last time I felt like I was really on top of self-care? Or when was the last time I felt cared for? Was it when somebody made you a meal? Okay, well, could you do some food prep for, for yourself to have that feeling of taking care of yourself in that way? Like, you have to learn about yourself. Um, because if you just do what you see other people doing and it's not a good fit for you, you're not going to really get anything out of that. So action precedes emotion there. And then take baby steps. I think that we can get overwhelmed and be like, well, I need to be journaling every day. I need to be reading. I need to be working out. I need to be making sure I'm connecting with friends. I need to also like set aside time for date nights. And it just becomes this like, there are enough hours in the day. I'm not even going to bother. And so doing something small for yourself with intentionality and letting it count. Like if you do take five minutes, you know, the phone is not an evil thing. It can do a lot of, it can do a lot for us to connect to one another, but maybe put it down for like five minutes and actually be in the moment. If you're going to go eat cookies in your pantry, like enjoy it, be present in that moment. Let it count Walk out of that pantry. Like you are a new person. You've had your time. You're ready for your day. Like I think a lot of the times we have these in between moments and we miss them because we miss them as opportunities to kind of do something small that would actually fill us up. Um, and we let them go by just kind of with a neutral moment, but starting small, know yourself, take those baby steps and build from there. I love that. Yeah. Starting small is, I think a really key point. I think people get very overwhelmed at the idea of, you know, changing, changing something. So even just starting small is, is key. So if you had the power to go back and talk to yourself when you first became a mom or, or about to deliver, what would you say to yourself and what advice would you, would you go back and give yourself? I'm like getting emotional thinking about that because I was so scared and there's so much unknown. I look back on her, that young mom that I was with so much compassion. I would just like hold her face. I would just her, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You were made for this and they were made for you. I, I just went into motherhood with so much fear and so much shame. Mm-hmm. And feeling like I had to prove myself. But Lila and Daniel and Joey, they don't need me to prove anything to them. And the best gift I can give them is to be me. Be the, be the one who is their mom be Darla. And that was something my dad told me when I was four months into the pregnancy, he looked over at me and he said, okay, enough, enough of the pouting and the fear. Cause I was pouty. Okay. He said, just be Darla. What would Darla do in this kind of circumstance? And I just, I chant that to myself all the time. Just be Darla. Gosh, if I could, uh, I would just tell her to also to just calm down. <laughs> I was like, I was really high strung. And like, like I said before, just like white knuckling through. Yeah. I would just tell myself it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, def- I think that sometimes we just need to hear it's going to be okay. There's so much uncertainty, especially you were a young mom. And so it's like, it's with all the uncertainty and voices around you and pressures, it's just, you feel like you have to be a certain way at the end of the day it's like it's it's gonna be okay it's you know there's so many trials and tribulations that we have to go through in life and it's just you know you 
you're going to come out stronger from it. Now you can look back and, you know, see everything that you've been able to accomplish. When I, when I talk to young moms or moms who are early on in their motherhood, I always remind them that like the only thing you need to be a really, really, really good mom is love for your kids and the desire to do your best. And that's it. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be faultless, but just wanting to try is a gift to your kids and just loving them all the way. Like that's what a really, really good mom does. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Forget all of the comparison and mom shaming. You yeah. know, what's best. You have the best intentions with your kids and you are the mom that was made for them. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I think that's amazing. I think more, more people need to hear that for sure. Awesome. So I always like to end these with fun thinking questions, what I call them. And so if you could have a billboard made today, you said so many things that I feel like would be really awesome on a billboard, but we can narrow it down if you want. Billboard. Just <laughs> gonna put a bunch up there. Um, if you could have a billboard made today, we could share one tip with moms everywhere. What would you have it say? I thought about this and I, I really had to narrow it down. I would say your work matters. That's perfect. And where can everyone find you? What are their like things you like to share? And yeah, just anything else that you wanna wanna share to moms listening? I'm on Instagram. Dear Darla Jean. I'm also on Facebook, but that's only because there are like some old people in my life that want to see kids and my kids. And so I'll randomly send stuff over there, but stories and on Instagram. And if you're really close to me, I like to send funny videos on Instagram in DMs. So if you see anything good, please send it my way. Um, that's where I really connect with people is, is funny videos on Instagram. <laughs> I love it. Funny videos. Where it's at. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. This was awesome. I'm so glad you finally were able to come on and we were able to chat. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.